we bless you, honey, in this morning. Come to praise you and you alone, Lord Jesus. You, Father God, hallelujah. You know, thank you. Hallelujah. Living within us, never to fail or sink. Unending promise, heaven inside us, whispers the sound of your. 
your name, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Praise God.
Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Good to see everyone this morning. Man, you're coming back. You know, you're coming back. A few of you are coming back each week. Good to see you. God's got some good things in store for us this morning. He always has good things in store for us. Amen. The key is, will we come with a heart that's prepared and ready to receive what he's offering? That's what it's been right from the very beginning. That's what it's always been. God says, here, I got a plan. The devil says, here, I got a plan. What are we going to choose? And I'm here to say today, let's choose life. Let's choose the Lord. Let's choose to worship. Let's choose to enter in and experience God's blessing and fullness. I want to read to you out of 2 Chronicles 5. They were dedicating the temple. It says, Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one, when they were as one, to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. When they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals, instruments of music, and they praised the Lord, saying, For he is good. For his mercy, mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. That the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud so Hallelujah. that the priest could not continue ministering because of the cloud. You, for the glory of the Lord filled the house the of God. Hallelujah. Thank you. We may not always see a physical cloud, but I'm here to tell you, when we enter in as one and we begin to worship the Lord and we lift up our voices and we lift up our musical instruments and we begin to worship the Lord as one, the Spirit of the Lord will come and His presence will be here and we yes. will experience the Lord. Hallelujah. And you can be changed in His Hallelujah. presence. Thank you, when you come in yes. worrying about tomorrow, you come in <laughs> worrying about last week, you come in thinking about something else and you begin to focus on the Lord, everything can change Praise for you. Lord. Just like that, Praise everything Lord. can change. Yes. Because in His presence, Amen. Amen. where all the good Hallelujah. stuff happens. So Lord, this morning, Thank you, Father. we choose we, we choose, choose to worship you, yes. Lord. We choose to lay down we all of our cares. You, we cast all of our cares on yes, you. Father. We choose this morning, Lord, yes, to come in and Father. begin to focus on you with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul, and all of our strength. We're going to look at you because you're where our help comes from. All the fears and all the doubts and all the anxious thoughts we have about tomorrow or next week or next year or what we did last you week or last so year or last yes. uh, whenever. Oh, Lord, you yes. rule and reign. Hallelujah. You're the Redeemer, yes. and you have a, a plan for each one you of us, Lord. And so this morning, we choose yes, to lay down all of our Amen. anxious thoughts. Yes. We choose to lay down all yes. of our agenda. We choose to enter in and we say, Lord, choose. we're going to focus on you. Our eyes Thank are on you. Yes. We don't choose. know about everything else, but this morning, yes. we're going to give you yes, our time. We're going to yes. give you our hearts. We're yes. going to give you our energy. We will worship yes, you. We Father, will lift we up our voices yes. because you, Lord yes. God, are worthy Hallelujah. glory and honor you and praise. The Lord, as we worship you, come and fill this place you, with yes. your spirit. Hallelujah. Let us experience Hallelujah. you. Reveal yourself to us. Show us your glory, Lord. Thank you, we thank you for it in advance. In Jesus' name, Hallelujah. let's worship you.
Thank you, Bernie. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Blessed be
worthy of our love. Worthy are you, Lord. Thank you, Father.
fills us in. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I don't remember how it starts. There's so many things today that try to fill us up in this world. There's all kinds of things. God is the only one. Jesus, we need you more than ever.
that's our that is our prayer this morning or our you are our one defense you're our righteousness you are everything we need in this life and the life to come lord thank you jesus we choose you lord we choose to let you be lord of our lives we do choose you over all that this earth offers earth may try to satisfy us and they the earth may try to blind us and tell us that you're not faithful, but we know, Lord God, that you yes, are faithful. Hallelujah. We know that you are true. Yes, sir. Because we've, we've experienced your goodness yes, in our lives, Lord. You, I Jesus. thank you hallelujah. that you are faithful. Yes, sir. You never leave us. You never forsake oh, us. Thank you, Jesus. you don't leave us to figure it out hallelujah. on our own, but you're always thank you, there walking it by our side. Thank you, Jesus. When we need, thank you, Jesus. you supply. Thank hallelujah. You, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. That your supply never runs short yes, thank you, Jesus. and i thank you lord that you know everything from beginning to end you know every part of our lives you know everything about us lord you are aware of all of our struggles you're aware of all of our fears all of our doubts all of our curiosities all of our hang-ups and problems every wart scrape scratch scab ugly yes. place in us lord you yes. know about it all and you love us anyway and i yes. thank you for thank that you, lord. i thank you that you don't push Hallelujah. us away and say thank you jesus Ooh, you're not like me thank you jesus. you draw us close and you say come and be like me lord i thank you that you are always reaching yes. out to us you, your love and your mercy and your grace they never end lord i thank you for that Thank you, Lord God, that you want to love us. You want to speak life into us. You want to change us to be like you, Lord. That's why you give us your word. That's why you give us your presence. That's why you give us your Holy Spirit so that we can experience you. Yes, sir. Be like you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you are here this morning. You're here to speak to us. You're here to change us in your presence. We're going to wait on you, Lord. We're going to wait for you to speak to us because I know you have a word for each one of us. You're speaking to each person here and their, their point of need, Lord. If there's, there's fear, there's anxiety, there's, there's desperation, Lord, you're here to speak to that need. You're here to heal, to deliver, to change, to supply. You are Lord God over all. We rejoice in that this Thank morning, you, Lord. Speak to your people now. You, Speak to us, Lord. Each person now, receive what God is saying to you. like the world gives it's a peace that it doesn't pass away and it doesn't change and it doesn't fall short when your circumstances are falling apart God's peace will carry you through it can keep your mind keep your mind so that you don't become anxious and fearful and you don't begin to fret and worry but you can be at peace if we can just keep our eyes on him Lord thank you for speaking peace over us this morning peace over our finances, peace over our health, peace over our relationships, Lord. We've got 
relationships in our life that are, that are messed up and broken, and we speak life and peace into those because that's what you are, Lord. You are life and peace, and we receive that from you this morning. Mercy endures forever. Thank you, Jesus. We talk about that a lot, but you know, it never changes. You gotta see God as good. You gotta see Him as the one whose mercy is being poured out on you. It's new every day. We can mess it up every day, but He can pour out more mercy on us every day. It is fresh and new every morning. Gives us a hope to live by. Gives us a hope to have uh, a desire to get up and do the things that we're supposed to do because we know it's okay. It's okay. If I mess up again, it's okay. I'm going to do my best, but if I fall short, God's mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you for that. Thank you for the hope that carries us through, Lord. You've given us life and liberty, and you never change, Lord. I am so thankful that you don't change. When we come to you, we know you're always going to be the same. You're going to be loved because that's who you are. You're going to be merciful because that's who you are. You're going to extend grace to us because that's who you are. You're our Father, and you love us. No matter what we do, you still love us. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you that you don't change, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you don't change. Hallelujah. But you want us to change. You call us, Lord. That's why you call us to you. You call us to yourself so that in your presence we can be changed and be like you. Because your glory transforms us. We can become more like you, Lord. We begin to hear your voice. We begin to see you as you are. We begin to see your word as, that it's life and power and that it'll change us. Oh, God, we thank you so much for that. Thank you for your presence, Lord. I thank you that you're here. I thank you that you spoke to us and you're going to continue to speak to us. Lord, keep us, keep us focused on you. Help us to get our eyes on you. Stay focused on you so that you can have your complete way this morning, Lord. We yield this time to you and we just give this to you and say, have your way. Speak to us, Lord. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Thank you. And oh man, isn't God good? It's good to see you. Good to see everybody. You know, each week it's just getting better and better and better all the time. And I believe the Lord is, is delivering us from this virus, and I believe that He is beginning to do phenomenal things with His people. There's opportunities, and we need to avail ourselves of those opportunities. We don't need to, you know, shrink back and be fearful. We need to press into the Lord and be, and be bold and be confident because God wants to do things. And it's times like these that, that the people of God are supposed to rise up and be the people of God. You know, you can, you can just sit there and be a lump that's not really going to change anybody. But if you'll rise up and be the person that God has called you to be, do the things that God's given you to do, that will change people. Because that's how God works in this world, is He works through His people. He works through His church. In Ephesians it says that through the church, 
That's how God's power is manifest to all the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. That's how God speaks and that's how God works. It's through his people. It's the church, not a local group, but the body of Christ throughout the entirety of the world and the universe from the beginning to the very end. That's the body of Christ. Aren't you glad we're part of that body? I'm not, uh, I'm not promoting some elite group in the sense that, you know, we understand everything and we know everything. I'm promoting an elite group that says Jesus is Lord. And that's the same group that's been doing that from the very beginning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <clears throat> okay, go ahead. people, the ones that are called by your name, to rise up, be the people that you've called us to be, Lord. Let us humble ourselves. Let us turn from our lackadaisical ways. Let us begin to honor you in every part of our life, Lord, because as we do that, if we do that, if we call on you, we seek you, that's when you'll forgive us and cleanse us, and that's when you'll begin to heal this land. So, Lord, that's what we want to do as your people. We want to follow you closely. We want to humble ourselves and seek you so that you can heal us and change us. And Lord, we pray that you'd heal this nation. Heal this nation, Lord. Remove corruption uh, from our government and our leaders, Lord, that, that the people that lead us would hear from you. They would have wisdom and direction from you. Turn their hearts towards you, Lord. The ones that we like, the ones that we don't like, Lord. I pray that you turn their hearts, all of them, turn their hearts towards you. Lord, help us to to honor you by praying for those leaders that are over this nation, that they would begin to hear from you. They would respond to you. And if they are guilty of, of lying and cheating and breaking laws, then I pray you expose them and let the truth come out and the truth be revealed so those who are guilty of breaking laws and doing things wrong would be exposed and brought to justice. Lord, and those who are innocent, I pray that you would exonerate them and let it be truth, that everyone acknowledge that it's truth. It's not just some political move, but it's truth. I thank you, Lord, that you are going to do amazing things in this nation. Yes. You are delivering us, and you are going to continue to deliver us, and we will ultimately be delivered because we are your people called by your name. And I thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <clears throat> well, um, the announcements are pretty simple again. We're not doing a whole lot other than uh, Sunday mornings, but it's coming. It's coming. It won't be too long. Maybe at the end of the month, there'll be some new announcements and we'll be able to start planning and uh, opening back up and doing more and more things. And we're, we're looking forward to that. And I know everybody's anxious. People with children are probably saying, please open back up again. 
And uh, the ones without children are probably thinking, yeah, I want to I wanna have those uh, potlucks and stuff again. So anyway, we're, we're moving that direction. I can't tell you when, but uh, as soon as we feel like it's safe and it's appropriate to do it, we're going to begin to open back up. And uh, we want to honor... We want to honor our, our nation. They've asked us to do certain things to help reduce the spread of this virus, and we're going to comply and honor them. That's what Foursquare has asked us to do. Just this week, they sent out an update saying, uh, we're not telling you when to open up or how to open up. We're just telling you, you know, you know your community and your people and your needs, and you be responsible and do what you feel like is right and appropriate and what the Lord's telling you to do. So that's what we're doing. We're... We're not able to announce anything yet, but it's coming. So uh, hang in there. <clears throat> okay, so I'm going to let you stand up and greet one another. You can't leave your chair. The greeting police are going to come get you if you leave your chair, Mitch. So just stand up, turn around, wave, and then sit back down. Oh, see, some of them not even standing up. That's even better. Hey, yeah, like the, like the beauty queens. <laughs> All right, good. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm encouraged because uh, I believe the Lord is, is speaking to us. Um, that's, uh, you know, Johnny shared that scripture, and it goes right along with what we're going to talk about this morning. And I'm... Uh, I'm talking about some things that are a little, a little different for us, and some people might not uh, understand or, or accept it all quite as uh, freely as others, but if you'll, just, if you'll just listen, if you'll just listen to the scriptures and ask the Lord to give you wisdom and direction, uh, we'll all be fine. And if you don't agree with something that I say, that's fine. You can come tell me and we'll talk about it. And uh, I'm, I'm not beyond uh, receiving some instructive criticism or uh, certainly questions because I've still got lots of questions myself and uh, there's some things that I've, I've uh, taught and believed in the past that uh, I've actually changed some of the things that I believe. And I've, uh, I think that's appropriate to be pliable and malleable, you know, because... You don't want to just be like a, like a rock that's totally inflexible because the only thing that can happen to a rock is pretty much just get squashed and broken into pieces. But if you're like a lump of clay, you know, you can be molded and made. Now, the danger is that if you're a lump of clay, you've got to be careful whose hands are getting on you and who are doing those things to you. And that is kind of what we're going to talk about this morning. So, you know, in the beginning... God created Adam and Eve, and uh, he, he had this wonderful plan, <clears throat> created them with a body. Adam was laying there, perfect specimen of a man laying there on the ground, deader than a doornail, though. But he was fully formed, and God says he breathed the breath of life into his nostrils, and man became a living soul or a living being. So that soul... It's made up of, uh, you know, the, the inward parts of you, your soul and your spirit. There's, we're a three-part being, I believe, just like God is a three-part being. 
And so <clears throat> we've been talking about that and how from the creation and when Adam and Eve sinned, the things that happened and how that is passed down to us and how it affects us today, even though that's been roughly 6,000 years ago, still every one of us have a tie that goes all the way back to Adam. You know, you'd be a lot of great, great, greats, you know, but you could, we're all connected because Adam and Eve were the beginning of all mankind. And after the flood, of course, it was Noah and his family that started it over again. But Noah was a descendant of Adam and Seth and down through the, the, godly, uh, the godly descendants of Adam and Eve, the ones that were following the Lord. Poor uh, Abel, you know, he didn't last too long. And Cain was, a, Cain was a, ra a rascal and a scoundrel. And so, you know, that's kind of where, where it goes. So there was a line that uh, was godly and a line that was kind of doing their own thing. Which, that's exactly what Adam and Eve did. You understand, Adam and Eve, they had, they had God's plan. It was revealed to them. They understood what God wanted. And they heard some other voices. They got some other ideas. And they made a choice. And their choice affected everything that happened after that. And so Adam and Eve, when they began to have their, their children, it says that they were in the image and likeness of Adam whereas Adam was in the image and likeness of God. So something changed. And what changed was that their spirit, the part of them that communicates with God, basically it died. And, uh, and so we're born, we're born with a spirit that is, uh, it's dead spiritually, but it's, I, I think I figured out it's better to say it's comatose because it's, it's there, but it, and it can hear and respond, but it's not really alive like it ought to be. But it's, but it's there. Because otherwise, when God is calling us, you know, when you're sitting there in your seat as a sinner and you're hearing the preacher and you're getting that conviction and you're thinking, man, I, I need to get saved. I need to go down to the front. I need to give my heart to the Lord. That's, that's the Holy Spirit dealing with your spirit. And your spirit is saying, yes, yes. And your body is saying, no, no. You're hanging on to the seat, you know, and, you're, and your soul your mind, will, and emotion say, oh, if I do that, you know, I'm going to lose all my friends. I'm going to lose all that fun stuff. I have to give up everything. My life is going to change. Oh, oh. And so we got this anxiety, and we're all, you know, we've got these white knuckles trying to figure out, should I go or should I stay? Should I go or should I stay? So, anyway, so <clears throat> I knew you all were thinking that anyway. <laughs> so uh, we've all been there. So our spirits, then, when we, when we make the choice, you know, and it's all by grace through faith. In other words, you can't, you can't on your own just say, I want to know God because God is calling you. Jesus said, no one can come to the Father except I draw. Or no one can come to me except the Father draw. And that's the way it goes. Excuse me. So the Lord is calling all of us. And when we begin to respond to his call through his grace, that's when it can all happen. But... You can't just, you know, wake up one day and say, you know, I want to be a Christian now. I mean, God is always calling us. God is always, it's like, you know, the word wooing, you know, that means you're trying to win your spouse or whatever, you know. You're, you're going out there, you're trying to win them. And that's what God is doing to us. He is, he is calling us and he's always Extending his hand and he's saying, Come, you know, 
I want to be friends with you. I want to be close to you. Come, come join me. We have to choose that. We accept that. When we do, we become alive spiritually. But, but our soul, that part, our inward part of us, that is our, it's our mind, it's what we think, it's our will, our emotions. Those things are not bad or wrong, but they are not fully redeemed when we become born again. Because we have stuff in our soul that's all messed up and wrong. And we're going we're gonna to talk about that some this morning. But you've got this part of your inward man that, that has, well, I, I prayed it earlier, you know, that we have marks and scabs and scars and wounds, you know, all these things that are on our souls, and they're there. And this morning in the prayer room, uh, John, uh, Johnny was saying, uh, you know, that it's like when you go swimming in the ocean and you come out and you got salt and, you know, sand and maybe seaweed, whatever, you know. You come out of there and you, you want to get cleaned up, you want to get washed. And then I said, well, you know, it makes me think about a little, uh, a little baby walking around with a diaper and, uh, you know, you got that big lump hanging down, you know. And, I mean, that's kind of gross, but just think about it. You know, the adults and everybody sees that and it's like, oh, man, that's horrible. Kid is just oblivious. You know, he's, well, that's kind of the way we are sometimes, you know. We're just walking around with a big lump down there, and, and everybody else is looking at us and saying, dude, you know, you've got some problems in your life. And we're just oblivious, you know. That's why we're talking about this stuff right now, because I want, I want you to understand that we've all got hang-ups or issues. And God wants to reveal those things to us so we can deal with them, so we don't walk around broken and messed up and and having those problems. And he's not doing it to make our lives miserable. He's doing it to make our lives better. I mean, that's the whole, that's the beautiful part about what God does in our lives. It's always to make our lives better. He wants good. He wants good for us and in us and through us. And sometimes when he's working that in us, it can be a little unpleasant, but it's for our good. You've heard that when you were younger, probably, your parents fixing to whoop you, and, you know, this is for your good. You're thinking, yeah, I don't know about that. And I don't know about that. Uh, it's going to hurt me a lot worse than it hurts you, either. I, you know, I'm kind of analytical, so when I was a kid, I would think, so what's going to happen? Is that belt going to, is it going to whiplash around and hit them, too, or something? You know, I could never understand how that's supposed to work, you know, but, uh, but you know, as a, as a parent, we, we want good stuff for our children. Most parents are not trying to figure out how to make their children's lives miserable. You know, oh, you sweet thing. I just want to make your life miserable. I can't wait to rain terror on you the whole time you're growing up. You know, no, it's not that way. You know, we're thinking thoughts of good and peace and love. And man, I'm going to watch out for you. I'm going to take care of you. You're going to have a better life than I had. Everything's going to be great because I love you and I want the best for you. That's what our Heavenly Father is saying. He loves us and he wants the best for us. But we have a choice. And we choose every day. We have our, our will is making choices all the time. And uh, therein lies the problem because we don't always choose the right thing. So it's interesting that uh, 
you know, we're all descendants from Adam and Eve, and then again from Noah, because God started over again in Noah. And I don't think anybody in this room, most people in, in evangelical Christianity, uh, nobody really argues the fact that we are born with original sin. We were born, we are descendants of a sinner, and we have sin. And we sin. So we got it and we do it. It's, it's in us. We're born with it. And, and yet, there are a lot of people that don't want to acknowledge that we're born with, with sinful propensities in us. Or that there's uh, really just influences of the devil. That, you know, I mean, we, we got them. We're born with them. And I'm going to show you some scripture that, uh, that kind of backs that up so you'll understand I'm not just dreaming this up on my own. There are scriptures that show it. So all sin is either willful or it's unintentional, but either way, it's still a form of rebellion against God. And when you choose other than God, you become a slave to whoever you're obeying. Jesus said that. He said, uh, you know, you, if you are a servant to whoever you obey. So when Adam and Eve sinned, their state was that they, they had dominion over the entire earth. They were in control of everything that was happening. God said, this is yours. I'm putting you in charge of it. I'm giving you my delegated authority. You, you're the big dog here on earth. But then when the serpent, who's Satan, came along and, and tempted him, he said, look, you know, there's another thing you could consider about all this, you know, that maybe, maybe God's plan is not the only plan. How about this? How about if you eat that fruit and then you'll be really wise and you'll be like God? And so they listened to that, and when they chose that, they, they forfeited their dominion, their rule over the earth. I mean, it's like, now the serpent didn't say it this way, but basically... What he was really saying was, if you choose to do what I'm offering to you, you're going to hand over the keys to everything that God has given you to me, and I'm going to be in charge of the earth now. And that's what they did. They didn't, they didn't believe God's word to the extent that they said, I'm not going to believe anything else. I'm going to do, I'm choosing this right now because it sounds good. Even though God had told them very plainly, what was going to happen, they believed the lie. So that's what happens today still when we follow the wrong voices. Now, the Hebrew meaning of the word Baal, now Baal was a, an idolatrous god that a lot, of, uh, a lot of the people in that part of the world worshipped. But the Hebrew meaning of that is Lord or Master. And so even... Even the Hebrews, um, you know, they would think of God as, as Lord and Master. And so when someone else came along and said, well, his name is Baal, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, they, 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 they got kind of deceived by that because Baal was thought to be the god of fertility. And he had a sweetheart named Asherah who was also the goddess of fertility. And so the worship of Baal involved a lot of sensual and sexual things, a lot of perverse stuff, 
but see, the difference is they were, were catering to the very lowest part of our nature, the baseness of all mankind, all of our fleshly appetites, you know, if it feels good, do it. You know, anything you want to do, it's okay. And the weirder and more perverted it is, it's okay because that's a form of worshiping Baal and then we're going to have great crops. You're going to have a great crop, all right, but it ain't going to be a crop of what you want. It's going to be a crop of problems. But Baal worship was all about satisfying your own fleshly desires under the guise of worship. And so it was real easy to sucker the Israelites in when the... When the Israelites went into Canaan and that Baal worship was going on, that's why God told them, don't, you know, you gotta, you gotta utterly root them out because if you don't, they're gonna, they're gonna start marrying your children and you're gonna get wrapped up in it. Well, the problem was the Israelites, they thought of God as the God of uh, shepherding in the desert, I guess, because that's what they had mostly experienced since so they came to the, the land of promise. And here's all these fertile lands and green and crops. And it's like, wow, maybe, maybe Baal is the real deal. Because look how blessed they are. Look how great everything is. And besides, besides all that, we get to do everything that God said we can't do. I mean, we can just go wild. Do you know that people still worship Baal today? In the United States, there are thousands and thousands of people that still worshiping Baal. And then... There's bajillions that are worshiping Baal and they don't really acknowledge it that way, but that's what they're doing because their lifestyle is that. Like, I'm just going to do everything that I want to do. Everything that appeals to my flesh, go for it. No restraints. Just go. Do it. Have fun. Do whatever you want with whomever you want, however much you want. Go for it. It's all good. But it's not all good. Because all those things that you do, they have an impact on you. <clears throat> so God is calling us to rise above our fleshly appetites and surrender all that to him and his will and purpose. But Baal worship is saying, just give in to it. Just go for it. It's good. It's okay. And it's actually, not only is it fun, but it's going to be good for you. It's going to bless you. It's going to be, it's going to cause you to have fruitfulness in your life. That sounds just like the original lie the devil told Adam and Eve, doesn't it? Look, that fruit, it's pleasant to your eyes. It'll make you wise. It'll make you happy and healthy, and it's good for you. <clears throat> so I want to make this point. In Genesis 2, <clears throat> when it's talking about Adam and Eve, it says, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. <clears throat> so you become one flesh. And the reason that's significant is that when you're joined together with someone in that way, just like last week we talked about a baby in the womb the matrix of the womb. It's, it's where you're shaped. It's where you're made. All that, the parts of the man and the woman are coming together to shape that baby in the womb. Well, when you join with someone intimately, physically, sexually, you come together and you become one. Whether you're married or not, you become one. And so all those 
influences in your life <clears throat> and all those influences in their life, they get all mixed up. And so now you're sharing all that, all that bad stuff that they brought to that point in their life and they're going to be sharing all the bad stuff that you brought to that point in your life. And you think about that, and you think about people that are promiscuous, how many different influences they've got working in their lives. And it's not, it's not hard to understand why I say that we're, we've got a lot of messed up and broken things in our lives that we need to let the Lord heal and, re and reveal to us so that, that we can deal with it. So the Lord is, is wanting to do that because he wants us to be healthy and whole. He wants us to be free and he wants us to have um, the right perspective on life. <clears throat> so Jesus, Jesus repeated that same, that same thing about a man leaving his father and mother and being joined to his wife and they become one. Paul says it in Ephesians 5. And then uh, in 1 Corinthians, he says, Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. <clears throat> so I think when, when we join, and you know, you can, be, you can be a wonderful person, and you can be from a wonderful family, and, and you can be pure, and when you become married and you join with your spouse, you and your spouse now are sharing your demonic influences and the influences in your families. And, and it, goes, it goes back a long ways. And so a lot of times we, we look at, you know, at, at our sweethearts and we look at their parents and we say, they're good people. You know? And I'm not saying that they're not. I'm just saying that we all have stuff in us. We're born, we're born with things that are in us that, uh, that need to be changed, need to be healed, and, and we need to be set free. So let's look at some scriptures. Genesis 6. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So it wasn't real good. It was only evil continually. Now, I don't know what all they were doing, but if it was only evil continually, they probably were already starting to, to worship, you know, false gods, they were probably already starting to do things because remember, you had you had uh, Cain and you had Seth, and so all the people that were uh, Cain's people they were probably following from his brokenness and weirdness and, uh, and then the people that followed Seth they were still, you know, they were passing down those stories about, you know remember back when Grandma and Grandpa used to walk in the garden with God every day, and he talked to them. Oh, yeah, man, that was great. And Cain, you know, he was like, yeah, I killed my brother. He was a real rat. You know, you think that makes a difference? You know, that's, that stuff gets passed on. 
your attitude gets passed on. So Genesis 9, verses 18 through 27 says, Now the sons of Noah who went out of the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And Ham was the father of Canaan. These three were the sons of Noah, and from these the whole earth was populated. And Noah began to be a farmer, and he planted a vineyard. And then he drank of the wine and was drunk, and he became uncovered in his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father, and he told his two brothers outside, but Shem and Japheth took a garment, laid it on both their shoulders, and went backward and covered the nakedness of their father. And their faces were turned away, and they did not see their father's nakedness. So Noah went away from his, he awoke from his wine, and he knew what his younger son had done to him. Then he said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants he shall be to his brethren. And he said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, and may Canaan be his servant. And may God enlarge Japheth, and may he dwell in the tents of Shem, and may Canaan be his servant. So I don't know exactly what Ham did, because it just says he saw the nakedness of his father. But in Leviticus, now this is, you know, this is much later, but in Leviticus 18, none of you shall approach anyone who is near of kin to you to uncover his nakedness. I am the Lord. The nakedness of your father or the nakedness of your mother you shall not uncover. She is your mother, and you shall not uncover her nakedness. The nakedness of your father's wife you shall not uncover. It's your father's nakedness. So I don't know what all happened in that moment, but it wasn't good. And he knew better, and he did it anyway, because Shem and Japheth knew better. They were all from the same family. They'd all been taught the same stuff. Noah was a righteous man. You know, I'm sure he was telling them. And I don't think Noah was a, was a rat because he got drunk. I think he was, he was just learning about grapes and wine. You know, glug, glug, glug. That's pretty good, glug, glug, glug. <laughs> he didn't know what was going to happen probably. And then, and then afterwards, you know, all this happened with, with Ham and Shem and Japheth. And I've... I have really not ever looked at this all that closely before, but Ham is the father of Canaan. The Canaanites were the people that worshiped Baal. So Noah and his children before the flood were a part of that generation where God had said, I'm really sorry I've even created man because look you know his heart is wicked and evil and he only thinks to do evil continually Ham, Shem and Japheth have been they've been hanging with all that generation they had wives and their wives probably weren't their sisters so that means they were from some other mom and dad so they had some influences in them and so after the flood here they starting over brand new fresh start and here's Ham for whatever reason, he did this thing that was wrong, and he knew it was wrong, and then he went out and he bragged about it to his brothers, and he received a curse for it. Now, I don't believe God is just up there just passing out curses, you know, at his whim. I think God, God could foresee that Ham and his descendants were going to, they were going to be a bunch of disobedient rebels, 
And they said, this is what you're going to get. This is who you are. This is what happens. See, God created everything, and he created it with an order. And the order is, if you do the things that I've laid out before you, then your life will be blessed and prosperous, and you'll have my favor working in your life. If you choose your own way, and you follow after the serpent's ways, then you're going to get what you get. Don't throw a fit. You just get it. Because when you make bad choices and you follow the wrong voices, there are consequences to your sins. Adam and Eve didn't realize the severity of their choice, but afterwards they did. A lot of times, I think that's what happens to us, is that we don't realize what's going to happen when we make those choices. You know, in the heat of the moment, the voice is saying, oh, it's good, you know. This is going to be fine. It's good. Everybody else does it. It's okay. Everybody, nobody's going to say anything about this. Nobody's even going to know. It's just between you and me. Yeah, right. Just between you and me. Nobody will have to know. You know, your friend says, come on, let's, let's do this. Let's steal this. Let's do this. Nobody will know. We'll keep it our secret. I know I'm not the only one that had friends that tried to talk me into doing bad. Sometimes it was a, a brother or or a cousin or somebody. You know, man, there are people in your life that, well-meaning people, but they just, you know, they've, they're listening to their own voices. And they're trying to talk you into going along with it so they won't be out there by themselves. You know, the old saying, misery loves comfort. You know, people that are, that are sinful and miserable, they're always trying to get other people to go along with it. Come on, let's all go get drunk. Come on, let's all go to a big party. Come on, you know, everybody's going to, all the friends, everybody's going to be there. Come on, it's great, it's great. And then it's not so great. It's great until it's not so great. That's the way it tends to work. So Canaanites were the people who worshiped Baal. Now, in Numbers 25, it says, Now Israel remained in Acacia Grove, and the people began to commit harlotry with the women of Moab. They invited the people to the sacrifices of their gods, and the people who ate and bowed down to their gods. And so Israel was joined to Baal of Peor, and the anger of the Lord was aroused against Israel. They were joined to Baal of Peor. And that Peor, that's talking about, you know, the, the sensuality of what, of what Baal worship was all about. And by the way, when Ham uncovered the nakedness of his father, that word nakedness, it, I mean, it's, it's got a, uh, a sensual connotation to it. It's like not just that, you know, he saw him, but he actually saw his private parts. And I can't help but think Ham was a little bit perverted himself because that wouldn't really be all that cool of a thing to see on your parents. I mean, just, you know, being honest. I mean, it's like, you know, I might go blind, you know, if I see that. I mean, it's like, you know, please don't let me see that. But he saw it, and he was out, actually, you know, I mean, he was kind of bragging about it. So then, you go on down in Genesis 19, 
And Lot, you know the story of Lot. He lived in, in the area of Sodom and Gomorrah. And when, they, um, when God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, it says that Lot went up out of Zor and dwelt in the mountains, and his two daughters were with him. For he was afraid to dwell in Zoar, and he and his two daughters dwelt in a cave. And the firstborn said to the younger, Our father is old, and there is no man on the earth to come into us, as is the custom of all the earth. Come, let's make our father drink wine, and we will lie with him, that we may preserve the lineage of our father. So they made their father drink wine that night. Firstborn went in and lay with their father, and he didn't know when she lay down or when she arose. It happened the next day. They repeated it, and the other one went in. And it says that they wanted to preserve the lineage of their father. The daughters that, the, of Lot, they had children. Their firstborn bore a son named Moab, and he's the father of the Moabites to this day. And the name Moab means of our father. Now how perverted is that? Not only did they, did they do it and commit the sin of doing it, but then they, they put their stamp of approval on it by putting a name on that child, proclaim it to the whole world. Every time someone said Moab, it's like, oh, you're the result of a perverted act. Just think about that. That's pretty arrogant. And also it shows the kind of influence and attitude that they had working their lives. The other one had a, had a son named Ben-Ami. That means tribal or of kinsmen. So they both basically named their sons a name that indicated you know, they're, they're the results of some perverted act in our family. Lot's daughters in chapter 19 of Genesis talks about it, and they had been betrothed to be married to men of Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm assuming that's the case because that's where they lived. And uh, if you read the account of what all was going on, I mean, that was, a, that was a pretty gnarly place. There was a lot of perversion and wickedness there. And the word Sodom means burning. Now, you know, you might think, well, that's because, you know, God you know, hit them with fire and brimstone and burned them out. But I think it's because they were burning with desire and appetites of all kinds of sensual and sexual perversion, and there was no restraint on it. The word Gomorrah means submersion. From a root word, that means to bind or to treat as a slave. So here you got this burning and binding as a slave that's going on in Sodom and Gomorrah. It's a pretty ugly, nasty stuff. And so when Lot and his daughters left, of course, you know, his, his wife, she couldn't even turn it loose. She lost her life along the way. But when Lot and his daughters escaped, you know, and that's the way it is. You know, they, they had this, this thing, oh, we're just going to preserve our father's lineage, you know, and there's, just, there's no other man, you know, uh, from a godly descent. You know, I mean, they knew that this wasn't the end of the world. They knew that this was not the only other man because they actually said, Lord, don't let us go to Zoar because those people are probably going to not be too kindly disposed towards us because they're going to know that our God 
cause the wipeout of this whole city over here, and, and we don't want to get you know, in trouble for that, so we want to go somewhere else. They knew there were other people. But it's that way of thinking, though. It's like, yeah, we can do something perverted, and it's okay. Oh, we can even call it righteousness because this is how we're going to preserve the godly line. That's the way the devil works. That's the way he's always worked. It's the same bull that he's been pulling right from the very beginning. He makes it sound okay. He makes it sound appealing, and he's, he's saying, you know, look, here it is. It's, it's all all right. And there's the, look at all these benefits. And, and, and if you do it, I, see, you're even going to be blessed. You're even going to be doing God a favor. You're going to be worshiping. Second Peter 2, 6-8, Peter says, Turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemning them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly and delivered righteous Lot who was oppressed by their filthy conduct, the wicked. That righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. He tormented his soul, he tormented his soul by being exposed to all their ungodliness and all their perversion day after day after day. Now, now Lot may have been, he may have been okay. He may have come out of all that okay, but it didn't do so good for his daughters. Your soul has things in it that need to be healed and cleansed. And if you don't deal with it, it's just going to continue to be a source of, of failure to you because it's like you are bound. You are bound to that. You want to do right. You want to be free. You want to change, but you can't because no matter what you do, it's just there. It's in you, and it's pulling you back. So we need to let the Lord reveal, show us those things about us. Those areas in us that they're not, they're not like him. They're not like they ought to be. And, you know, they're not, they're not all horrific. You know, I'm not saying y'all are a bunch of perverts. You know, you, you understand? I'm just saying we all have things in our life that we've inherited from those in our past. And some could be really horrible. Some may not be, but they affect us. And, you know, you may not be a murderer. But maybe you can be a hater. Maybe you can be a person who is easily angered. Not that much difference between murder and hatred, according to Jesus. Maybe you're not a perverted uh, person that worships Baal and does all kinds of weird sexual things, but maybe, maybe you fantasize or something. You know, those things can be in you, but maybe they don't express themselves in the same way. And every, every kind of thing that we are tempted to do or that we do, the things that we don't like about ourselves, the things that we do like about ourselves, all those things could be the stuff that's in us that we need the Lord to touch and heal. Because whatever we have in us, would you all agree that we'd like for it to be healed and made right so that, that we are like God wants us to be? I mean, I don't want to be broken. You know, I don't want to walk around like that for the rest of my life. What if, what if God can heal me? Wouldn't I rather just be able to walk? Woo -hoo, you know, 
I can dance, I can do what I want to do. Isn't that better than just saying, oh, I'm just going to walk with a limp. That's just who I am. Let's, let's let God reveal himself to us. Show us the stuff in us that he would like to heal and make, make new. I got some other things to share, but I think we'll save that for another week. But I want to I read Psalm 51 to you again. And uh, worship Tim, y'all can come on back. So if, if you're getting some kind of thoughts or revelation about something in your life that maybe, uh, you know, well, yeah, maybe I am this way. Maybe because I see that my parents were like that or my grandfather, my grandmother. Uh, I mean, whatever it might be, God can heal you and deliver you. And David, after he messed up, he said, have mercy upon me, O God. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Rub them out. Erase them off that old chalkboard. Get them off of me. Make me look clean and new. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. And against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness, that the bones you've broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities and create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. And then, then after you've done all that, you've healed me, you've cleansed me, and you've changed me, then I'm going to teach transgressors your ways. And sinners are going to be converted to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, the God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord wants to set us free. And this doesn't have anything to do with you going to heaven or hell necessarily. I'm just saying you can be a born-again believer. You can be on the path. You can be trying to do all the right things. But you got stuff that's just hanging on. It's just hanging on. Won't, won't fall off. And this is what we're talking about. God wants to set us free of that. So, Lord, this morning, we just give ourselves to you. We submit ourselves. You said, submit yourself to the Lord, and the devil will flee from you. So, Lord, we submit ourselves to you. In all these areas in our lives, Lord, if we've got, we've got uh, things in us that you want to clean up and remove. We're asking you, Lord, to blot out, wipe away all of our transgressions, all of our our willful disobedience. Wipe away all of our sins and all of our iniquities, our our lawlessness, the deeds that we've done that we just, we had no regard for you or your commandments. We just did what we wanted to do. Or wipe away all those things and cleanse us and heal us. Make us whole. Wash us in your blood. 
Raise us up to newness of life so that we can be healed and whole. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand and worship.
Hallelujah. 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 The resurrected king. Amen. Hallelujah. So here's the thing. The flesh and the spirit are always striving against each other. That's the way it's been from the beginning. It's still going on. Uh, the scriptures we read, you know, Noah's kids and Lot's kids, and it's the same stuff that's going on. The flesh and the spirit are striving against each other. And they're warring against each other, and there's a battle going on all the time. And if you don't realize that you're in a battle, if you don't realize there's a warfare going on, you're going to lose most likely all the time because you don't even know that you're having a fight. But when you recognize the fight and you begin to be engaged in the fight, and you begin to say, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to allow that anymore. I'm not going to listen to those voices anymore. I'm going to listen to what God says. Moab and Ammon were the ones, the very ones in the promised land that Israel had to go in there and, and yes. defeat and run them out. And they just yes. kept coming back. They kept coming back. The spirit and the flesh. It's a battle that just keeps yes. going on. It doesn't go away just because you come to the altar one time and say, save me. I mean, there's a battle that's raging all the time. And we got to be engaged. We have to be engaged. We yes. have to know that we have rights. We have rights as God's children. And we can claim his victory in Amen. our lives. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah.
us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your great love, Lord, that you are jealous for us, Lord. You don't, you don't take no for an answer very easily because you keep coming back to us. Your love just keeps coming back, drawing us in, Lord. I thank you for that. I thank you that you're not easily discouraged when we resist and we reject and we rebel or disobey or we're just not interested. Maybe we're too busy today. Whatever it might be, you keep loving and you keep calling and you keep coming over and over and over. If you're out there today and you don't know the Lord, maybe maybe the Lord's calling you and you're and you're just not sure. Maybe you're resisting. You're thinking, well, I don't know. I don't have to give up everything. I don't have to make changes in my life. Just listen to what God is saying. God is calling you and he's saying, I have a plan for you. It's better than anything you can dream up on your own, I guarantee. The Lord is saying, if you'll just give me a chance, I'll show myself to you. I can forgive you and cleanse you. I can make you whole and I can change your life. Put your feet on a path where you're not tromping in the mud all the time, but you're walking on the steady path where the light shines. You need the Lord. Today is the day of salvation. Simple as saying, Lord, here I am. I recognize yes. I'm messed up. I'm broken. Yes. Could you just forgive me and come and live in me and change me and be my Lord. I want to follow you now. Lord, for those that have other problems and issues, Lord, the, the revelation that you've poured out on us today, the insights you've shown us about ourselves, Lord, we confess those things. Where your light is shining and exposed yes. stuff, Lord, we just say, here it is. I lay it before you. I submit myself to you and I give yes. everything that I am, everything yes. that I have, everything that I ever hope to be. Here it is. And I say, heal me, cleanse me, forgive me, Lord, for agreeing with the wrong voices. Forgive me for agreeing with the, the wrong things. Lord, I want to follow you. My heart is set on following you. And so, Lord, raise me up to a newness in life and every day i would want to follow you with all my heart every day i'd hear your voice and i'd say yes 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 i want to follow you thank you lord continue to bring us revelation and insight lord and heal us and cleanse us let us walk in that resurrection power we'd be filled with your spirit and walk in newness of life now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and grant you his perfect peace. Go and be blessed. Have a great week. Thanks for coming. Thanks for your faithfulness and all that you do, your prayers and your giving. God bless you.